0: Welcome to the Nicholas Itali show. Today, I'm chatting with Johnny Jensen. Johnny Jensen is the founder of TeamSuperDad.com, a community and success system for dads who want to be fit, focused, and successfully living the life they desire, not the life they feel stuck with. Having previously worked in digital marketing for 20 years, Johnny was inspired to create Team SuperDad after his marriage broke down and the challenges he experienced while rebuilding his life. This doesn't come up in the interview. However, I feel like I gotta mention this. Johnny is a certified fire walking instructor. How cool is that? If you like what we're doing here on the podcast and you want to support, go ahead and go to nicholasatale.com slash shop for some merch and leave a five-star review for this podcast for a chance to be the reviewer of the week. You can also share this episode with a friend, coworker, roommate, lover, or on the social medias. Tell everyone you know. The riddle of the week, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. This episode was mixed and mastered by the one and only Grant Singer. Grant is an audio legend, having the ability to mix master any type of audio. We're talking podcasts, talking music. If you have any audio needs, reach out to him on Instagram, At Grant E Singer, that's G R A N T E S I N G E R. Quality audio, quality guy, Grant Singer. That was the intro. Now, here is the episode. Hello and welcome. This is the Nicholas Itali Show. I am your host, Nicholas Itali. Today, we have a very special guest, Johnny Jensen. Johnny, season's greetings.
1: Good to see you, Nicholas. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. We're going to dive right in. Here's where I want to start. So, from what I know, your upbringing had a handful of challenges your mother passing away your 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 father getting remarried and then your father and your stepmom getting divorced and then also having a suicide in the family and and probably some more other things that I don't even know um what was life like <laughs> growing up and and how did those events unfold
1: um life was life was you know that that, uh, the yin and the yang right I had I had the most amazing childhood and I had the most challenging childhood and obviously I say that with all respect to refugees and and people who go through trauma you know real abuse and that sort of stuff but you know in terms of my world I had uh, a dad whose business was successful and he was a rally driver or a co-driver and there was always parties at our house and we had a massive garden and a big tree house and holidays you know we were going to Chicago to see our family there and skiing and when it was our birthdays we had the whole class come you know it was it was it was above normal and uh, and my dad just bought the fun we had it we had a wild time I had go-karts and motorbikes and you know it was it was it was a lot of fun um and we didn't want for anything. Um, and then one day my mum just started being around less. And we had a couple of um, – my older sister started being around more. She, she's my dad's first marriage. Um, so my older sister started being around more. And there was a, a lady called Karen who was kind of there as a bit of a nanny. And, and, and it was just like, what, what, what are these people doing here? Um, yeah. But that was because my mum was in hospital um mm. and it was in the 80s so anyone who experienced cancer in the 80s you know it just didn't get spoken about didn't get talked. it wasn't like what's wrong nothing <laughs> like, what
0: do you mean nothing uh-huh.
1: yeah uh, Your hair's <laughs> out. oh my gosh okay uh um so we would get taken up to london and and it would be an you know when you're a kid and an hour's drive feels like a lifetime you know you're like yeah i don't want to go there what are you talking um and uh and the last time I saw my mum, actually, and it's it's taken a lot of work to to get over this. The last time I saw my mum, I was really ratty about being taken to London. We just got back off holiday and uh why why are we going to London? I don't want to go to London. So the last time I saw my mum, I may have been a bit of a brat. I may have been a bit grumpy. I I I don't really recall, but what I do recall is not being brilliant, you know? Mm, and mm-hmm. uh and then you know, and then then the very vivid memory of my dad coming into our lovely big house one Saturday morning and sitting me on the stairs and and saying, "I've got some bad news. Um, your mum died this morning." And it's, I mean, I can I could be back in that moment right now on the stairs, the sun shining through the window, crying, um, and that that haunted me for a long time, a, a long long time, um, but. When you experience a death at a young age, and this is speaking for myself, a couple of things happened. Um, I had a lot of women take on maternal figures in in my life that that may not have done Mm. had that not have happened. I ended up spending a lot of time in Chicago in the summers because um, there was kids everywhere in the beach, and my dad would just be like, (laughs) "Go to Chicago, have my kids, yes, good, have them all summer." Um, uh, And like my outlook on death. Uh whenever you whenever someone's oh no, sorry, my mum died when I was a kid, they go, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh this must be terrible. I was like, Well, it was quite a while ago. And what you come to realise is having cried all the tears, you think, actually, would she want me to be upset or would she want me to smash it in life? Would she would she mm. want me to think of her and laugh or think of her and cry? Um, mm. and I do have a faith and 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 for many years in my youngs young time younger the younger days my faith was very much a picture of her looking down on me uh, and my mm. access to her was kind of through church and 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 prayer and um not in a real strong religious way but just in a she's up there i'm down here she's looking over me kind kind of thing and um so so yeah it 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 affected me in a big way um And, and I, and I missed her as a teenager. And and of course I I miss her now, you know, what would she have said when she met my fiance? Like, (laughs) would she have been okay with (laughs) it? What would she have said when we were having marriage troubles? Would she have banged our heads together? Um, Loads of questions like that. What would she think of my kids? You know, I have a sense my daughter's very much like her. So there's always these question marks. You're left with these question marks, but more than anything at this stage in life, I can look at it as an experience. Yes, I'd love my mum around, but it's it's given me a lot of tools to deal with things in a way that perhaps other people don't have.
0: How old were you when, when that happened exactly?
1: I was nine. Nine.
0: Dang. So what would you say one of the biggest lessons you, you took with you from that
1: was? Make the most of the people you love. Mm. Like there's never a... And It's really easy. And I catch myself with my kids. It's it's horrible. You know, they're it's bedtime and they're being a nightmare. They're having another argument. They're nine and eleven, a boy and a girl, right? They're going through puberty at the same time. I was like,
0: when, yeah.
1: when I realized that was happening, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I get it now. Um, but you know, it's bedtime and, and you've just had a you've just had a you've watched some TV, you wound down, it should be a happy moment, and then they're fighting, and then I kind of get involved and you just go, Whoa, 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 it's not worth it yeah park, park it tell them you love them give them a hug um uh, i might be jumping ahead here but we have a thing in our family between me and the kids called don't shout hug it out and uh and i realized this one day when normally you have a, something's wrong you have an argument you scream and shout then you cry and then eventually you have a hug right yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so i wonder I thought, hang on a minute let's turn this around let's go straight to the hug and we we hug mm-hmm. until until like the frustration is gone right and you're like oh my gosh and and if it hasn't gone if it hasn't gone hold on and eventually it will just like it's like you're holding on there's that thing about the 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 monkey and the bananas and if you put them up put the the bananas in the jar the monkey will put his hand through yeah but he won't let go of the banana and his hand will be stuck right so you've got to let go of the of the of the thing to appreciate what you've already got and uh and I shared that story about the last time I saw my mum. I might have been a bit of a, a wound up little brat, and uh, and I didn't know I was only nine. Yeah. But as adults, do, as adults, we do know. So. Really appreciate the time you have with the people you love, because you just don't know how long it's going to last.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I'm, I'm picturing like a very angry hug for the first thirty seconds, just holding on super tight because because I'm so frustrated. It's just hilarious.
1: So powerful. It's so powerful. And I tell you the story. Actually, I won't, you know, we won't take up too much of the show. But when I when I thought it up, I was a, when I was a kid, my dad pulled off the highway once, uh, actually in Florida on holiday on vacation. And my brother and I were fighting in the back and he 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 pulled over, like screeched onto the hard shoulder, pulled us out of the car and he Mm -hmm. thrashed us with his belt. And it was it, you know, it was it was like, whoa, what the hell just happened there? Yeah. And that time when I created Don't Shout, Hug It Out, we were also on the motorway on the highway. And I also pulled off them off ready to shout at them. And as I as I opened the door to shout at them, I was like, get out. Like, oh what's going on what's going on <laughs> and hug <laughs> <laughs> get out and hug me right now <laughs> <laughs> and and it was just such a contrast between my experience as a kid getting a thrashing and and my dad's a, a, you know i love my dad he's a great guy you know generational changes and stuff like that but and mm-hmm. it's it's and literally you are shortcutting the whole argument and you're just going straight to the hug it doesn't mean you don't talk about the thing but you just talk about it from a place where you haven't been upset yeah. and calling each other names for hours
0: yeah it's a it's a more sound-minded uh discussion when it comes to your dad i'm curious and all right we're moving forward here a little bit and and you mentioned like a generational change did he have anything like um like i know depression is is part of your story does is that something that runs in your family and he was a a part of shifting it or, or what did you see happening through your father when a lot was going on
1: tough one my dad is a very unique person Hmm. um and i don't mean that to put him up on a pedestal he's just bonkers Mm -hmm. he's just 100 miles an hour he finds fun in pretty much every situation he's 77 years old he still has more fun uh, most weeks than than (laughs) i do in a month Mm -hmm. um he's managed to go through many highs and many lows seemingly with the same smile on his on his face um um he writes letters to people all over the world and those people when they come to the uk turn up on his doorstep and visit him you know or or when he's visiting mm-hmm. the states they're like when you come into our house he, he can't visit enough pe- people um so as far as his him dealing with the 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 death of my mum and his you know bankruptcy later in like you know like the 80s when you know when the whole world you know we we um um, economies go through highs and lows, and, and, and my dad's been been through that just like any other business person. Um, so I don't know if anything is kind of passed down in that respect. Um, I think in terms of generational changes, his parents, I get a sense his mum was pretty tough on him, and um, mm-hmm. and may have been a bit tough on us at, at times in the same way. Um, but, you know, just like people didn't talk about cancer and being sick, People now do. Um, yeah, health for men um, is is so much on the agenda now, whereas for so long it hasn't been. And, and male suicide is at the level it is. So, um, so it's it's just we now have more ability, more more freedom to deal with things than I think our, our fathers' generation uh, did have.
0: Yeah, maybe more of a o- open open to at least having the discussion, whether that discussion is productive or not, at least we're starting to, you know, have those conversations. Let's let's jump ahead a little bit then. Let's move into the time. You're about to get married. Things are things are you're running on a high. What's life like when you're about to get married? What's going through your head?
1: I had the, the idea that that my life was going to be fixed when I fell in love and got married and created a family of my own. The problem with that, and I never realized it until I ended up divorced, but the problem with that was that I was going into relationships mm-hmm. desperate to, to find it. And, uh, and, and I've, uh, historically I've either had, I've, <laughs> I, I, I've generally had my heart broken, uh, in relationships mm-hmm. and bizarrely those relationships weren't even worth being in let alone having my heart broken about them but it was the sense of loss just like losing my mum that was the was the worst yeah. part of those relationships breaking down now when i met my wife it was a roller coaster we fell in love we were on a on a landmark education course we were on a high we thought we could take on the world and we really did fall in love i mean it wasn't yeah. It wasn't like someone got pregnant and we had to get married. It was just (laughs) this is going to be brilliant. This is going to be the story that we tell for the rest of our lives. So the, the wedding day, uh, we got, I proposed to her six weeks after our first kiss. Um, you just told me you're six years in and I was six weeks in. (laughs) That's wild. uh, It was wild. And it was, and it was cool. Like we felt like we were on the same page, but uh, as we'll come to uh, sort of about how, how that story ends or goes doesn't end so happily um, we didn't check we didn't do like a full systems check on compatibility we just went mm. raw love and sexual energy and and fun and um, and that perhaps isn't the basis for 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 long-term happiness um, but our wedding day was awesome absolutely awesome uh, the worst yeah. thing about it, uh, it, it, it the best and worst thing about it was our first dance um <laughs> anyone who's been divorced will know that the, the songs they picked for their first dance are now ruined forever
0: <laughs> oh yeah for sure
1: so um so we had uh our uh, green let's stay together and then ho- we did we had like a whole choreographed dance and then halfway through we jumped up into Shake Your Tail Feather, uh, the song nice. which is kind of made famous by the Blues Brothers. Um, uh, so it was just, uh, is, it, is it Chuck Berry or, or Little Richard? Uh, Shake Your Tail Feather. Anyway, probably all, they all covered each other's songs, didn't they? But it was, and then, so we did a couple of moves in that, and then I had then I, I gave a signal to the, to the best coaches, <laughs> and it was, that was their cue to, to get involved. And so it went from the first dance into full blown party. It was just <laughs> brilliant. Was brilliant. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, I got married for, for, for good reasons. And and now that the pain of the divorce and everything is over, um, I've always been quite careful not to badmouth her too publicly um. Um, and, I, and I now find that much easier. Um, but what I can definitely say and what I do try and say as often as possible is the woman I married was absolutely awesome. Um, mm. It just didn't go so well uh, later on.
0: I'm Man, your first dance story sounds amazing. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> also, though, it, it seems like even though you guys hadn't done the compatibility check, you guys also went through some some pretty intense circumstances over the course of your marriage that I think probably played a big role. What was going on during the thick of it? Like the, the peak of, of the chaos.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if these challenges had happened, if we would have broken up. Okay. And, 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 uh, mm. uh, and I've said before, we went through an, un, almost, a uh, an abnormal level of, of challenges. Uh, when we came back from our honeymoon, it was the 2008 kind of, what, as you guys call it, the subprime, uh, uh, you know, meltdown. Uh Uh, We both got made redundant. That turned our financial situation completely upside down. And, uh, instantly we were excited about being married, but, but, but skint, uh, um, or if you have that word in the States, you know, we were broke, um, Mm. Mm-hmm. And we needed to fix that, and we 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 just lived off credit cards for pretty much a year. Um, oh, yeah. I was able to find bits of money freelancing and a couple of jobs that sort of went okay, but then didn't last. And she was temping and doing the same thing, so we were battling through. But in many ways, lots of newlyweds battle through like that. But we had a uh, we had her son in the, in the marriage, so I had a stepson. So instantly, overnight, I had a, a six year old son. And so it changed my social life massively. Not that I was too fussed about that. I was really in love. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then uh, uh, she wasn't very happy where we were living, so we moved to somewhere quieter. Um, and then, and then we got pregnant, which was flipping great and exciting. Yeah. Uh, he was born well, but then about six months old, he started getting chest problems and pneumonia, and really, really tricky times um mm. that followed as we uh, she had three miscarriages on the trot um her health deteriorated physically and mentally uh, emotionally after that i thought i was doing okay in holding it all together but when yeah. she told me about the third miscarriage i was away on business and i just i had the, i had the i had the 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 familiar thought of oh my gosh how am i going to get her through this but then it was for the yeah. first time I realized I had the instant thought and it just hit me in the face. No, Johnny, how are you going to get through this again? And uh, yeah. that was the first sense that I was struggling. But by that time, I'd, I'd created a business. We were making money. We were, we were pulling ourselves away from bankruptcy. And there's a whole story in, in that. You know, the, the banks kept sending us letters. People kept chasing us for money. And I just kept pushing them away, pushing them away. And in the end, um, I was able to make offers to them, which they took, and it was a sort of a five-year process. But you know, if you can manage the the letters and the people chasing you, all that happens is it just gets passed around from yeah. agency to another agency. Uh, and this is financial advice, by the way, but it is my experience. And so I just kept um, feeding the machine and putting it off, putting it off, um, didn't send money, didn't pay anyone, um, a couple of them just got wiped off by the by the by the bank, um, and the rest we made offers on and paid from um, money that we were able to save up and borrowed from family and things. So um, yeah, we we can we we uh, uh, made a let's say it was it was about thirty grand's worth of debt, and I think we made agreements on uh, about twelve, um, and we avoided going bankrupt, which to some degree I feel. Yeah. Proud about pride. Some people would have issue with that word, but anytime I fill in a form and it says, "Have you ever been bankrupt?" I'm able to say say no, sort of thing. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with bankrupt. Sometimes it is it is necessary. The 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 stigma of it can take people down. It causes suicide. But actually, actually, if you had money and then you've lost money, what's going to happen on day one of having no money? You're going to wake up. You're gonna, yeah. Hopefully, you'll be at a friend's house on their Try floor.
0: Trying to how to make, them, yeah,
1: yeah. Or you'll be at a family's house in their guest room. Um, will your kids be happy? No, they'll probably be a bit shocked. Will they be all right? Yes. Yeah. Um, where they won't be all right is if you've been so upset and ashamed about losing the business and all your money, and you've thrown yourself off a bridge. Then your children will be upset. Um, families adjust. Children adjust it's, it's a, it's a, it's not a failure. It's a learning experience. Um, and, um, we, we think of failure, failure in our marriage, failure with our money. We think of it as, as an ultimate kind of like, Oh, you're such a bad person. or oh, you didn't achieve what you're supposed to achieve. You didn't, but you know, the old sporting references of how many home runs Babe Ruth didn't hit or how many three pointers Michael Jordan didn't hit or how many free yeah. kicks, David Beckham or Ronaldo or Messi didn't put in the top corner. Um, You have to miss hundreds or you have to miss thousands to score hundreds. And um, the same goes for business or marriage, you know, like maybe you were supposed to have that failed business so that you could learn from it to create the next business. Maybe you were supposed to learn something powerful from that failed marriage so that you can take it into your next relationship. And, um, you know and using that reference i'm going to be a much better partner possibly husband um definitely man a much better man from the experience of my marriage failing um and i wouldn't have learned those lessons painful as they were i wouldn't have learned those lessons if my marriage had stayed stayed uh, stayed stayed uh, together probably
0: that's a yeah that's a great point about um like i often sometimes i'll think about the worst case scenario And sometimes I even believe like even the worst case scenario probably isn't even as bad as it could get. I mean, maybe this isn't the case for many people, but in a large part, what you're saying like poverty, homelessness, and, and like having to panhandle for money is probably way, 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 way down the line because oftentimes we have at least somebody that'll let us stay on their couch, you know, and, and just, just that idea that hope isn't, so far gone as as we think it is like when things go wrong it's it's not the end of everything as as sometimes we make it out to be and to your point of like feeling ashamed i think that plays a big part in it i feel so low because i i put the thing of like i wasn't capable to when in fact it was could have just been circumstantial you know something didn't work out and plans don't often work out but people people do
1: yeah and uh i just oh, There's a couple of things I want to say on this, but um, first of all, inside of Team Super and my whether it's whether it's in the Team Super community program or whether it's my one on one coaching with dads, I have this thing called the Fab Four, right? And when the chips are down, put a Fab Four around you, it could be the Fantastic Four, it could be the Beatles, like whatever, <laughs> like this, yeah. You yeah. And you say to each of them, Look, I'm going through a tough time, can you support me? You know, if imagine if someone asked you that, would you say no? Like, unlike, yeah. right? Like <laughs> yeah. an old buddy, even if it was an old school buddy, you'd say, "Wow, good to hear from you." Um, yeah, a bit random, but if you haven't got anyone else, yeah, go for it. What do you need? So, but you you also say to them, "By the way, you're not the only one." I've asked four people this, so you know, <laughs> I won't. Yeah. Be you not anything.
0: all the pressure is on you.
1: Yeah, I won't be dumping this all on you. And the same goes with somewhere to stay. You know, someone might say to you well, you can't come and live here forever, like a full time. But if you had a fab four, you could say, you know, if it was, if it was just you, you could say, well, can I stay at yours for a week? And then can I come back mm-hmm. in four weeks time? Or yeah. you say to someone, it's, it's me and the kids, could we stay for a month? And mm-hmm. like, hopefully by the time I might need to ask you again, we'll be set, but but it it will be a month and and then I might ask you again in four months time sort of thing. And so it just, it gives people the space to be like, okay, I can manage that. I can help you. And it gives you the, the the sense of I'm not loading this all onto, onto one person. So yeah, create a, create a fab four for yourself, whatever's going on. And, um, you know, it's a bit like as well when I was, when the marriage was really struggling and I was thinking, can I leave her? Can I not leave leave her? Can I leave her? Can I not leave her? Um, it's called a, a double bind. I learned like what it was called off a Tony Robbins video, which may or may not make it the proper technical term, but it's <laughs> yeah. basically a double bind. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. And mm-hmm. often in the in the modern world that we live in, what's on the other side of leaving your partner as bad as it might seem or, or of letting the business go bankrupt and you know, having no money, as bad as it might seem, on day one of the new beginning it's a lot better than you figured it was going to be like our worst picture of what it's going to be like, you know, fire and brimstone, depression, cats and dogs living together. Like it's like a hell of a, no, actually, no, like you wake up, if you're staying at someone's house, you're like, Oh wow. Okay. It's tough, but it's all right. What am I going to do today? I'm going to look for a job or I'm going to work on that business idea or whatever it is that day one of the rebuild is actually a great day. Embrace it,
0: man. Yeah, I I, I can, I can imagine that because then it's something new. It's a new, new path, new journey. Things. I don't want to say reset because things aren't resetting. But maybe your mindset resets. You know, maybe, maybe you find a new way to be like, okay, I am here now. What's the next step moving forward? Instead of constantly stewing on, ah, I can't. Oh, but I could. Oh, but I can't. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. With that question in mind, what what would you say for for people in bad marriages? Are they worth saving?
1: A fundamentally good marriage is definitely worth saving, and a fundamentally bad marriage, you should get out of as quick as possible. And I say that with love and respect to both sides. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow when she said uh, about conscious uncoupling when her and Chris uh, from Coldplay got divorced the media kind of had a bit of a bit of like laugh about it, conscious uncoupling. What the bloody hell is that, you know? But when you, when you've, when you've been through the fire and brimstone of a nasty divorce, like, like mine was, you, you kind of come to the end. You're like, what what would it have been like if we could have done that nicely? Yeah. You know? And so looking back on my marriage now, and I I do mean it when I say I married a really cool person, a really awesome person. Um, We were, Opposites, like in the, in the fun excitement of falling in love and having lots of sex and, and and laughing together and just being everything looked brilliant. Um, we failed to realize that I'm my positivity annoyed her (laughs) 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 and her negativity or, or realistic, you know, some might say her realistic look on life versus my, you know, wildly optimistic look on life. Um, her view grated on me. It was like, man, why are you always pulling backwards? Why are you always pushing forwards? Yeah. Um, Mm. um, And, uh, uh, you know, know, I'll kind of leave it at that, but when you you dip into values um, and you realize that you want different things, um, uh, that's when you can start to understand like, well, no wonder it was great when we started, but actually we really don't work well together. We really want different things. Um, my ex-wife fell very much into the church and, um, and, and it didn't, it just, it wasn't what I really wanted. I was like, it was kind of cool, but not at that level. I'm not, you know, I was getting asked questions like, are you leaning in Johnny? You know, like, are you praying enough? And and I was like, okay, by the way, I am. But if that's the reason things aren't going well, then flipping heck, I can't, I I'm yeah. I'm not the person... I'm not, and, and I remember saying in one session when some people from our church were trying to help us, I was, I said, this wasn't what I signed up for. Like this wasn't mm-hmm. the vision for my marriage that I had. And, and actually, yeah. and we did talk about it a lot, but, but when it came back to, this wasn't the vision for my life that I had, that's where I can now see it was undermining all my values, all my hopes, all my dreams, and I was having to swap them for something that didn't really inspire me that much. Yeah, That's where, that's where depression sets in. That's where upset, resentment, frustration, arguments, you know, even domestic abuse. And that a, I don't want to get into that subject, you know, it's too big and hairy a subject, but for the average good guy who's who's, Who's been taken down such a long path of pain, or taken himself down a long p- path of pain? When he ultimately does something as horrific or as stupid as pushing his wife or hitting his wife, like, it, it, or, or a couple starts to get into that level. Let's put it that way, because men suffer domestic abuse as well. Like, like they loved each other at one point. They they've yeah. broken up way before it got to that point. And uh, the experience for our children, seeing us argue, not getting the best version of their mum and dad, you know. And, and for me, it probably went on for I could say probably I should have left three years before I did. And oh, wow. um, no one got the best version of me. I didn't get the best version of me. I let myself down. Um, uh, you know, just to be clear, there wasn't any domestic uh, violence in that respect. But you know, arguments. It's it's not nice to be in arguments and saying things to each other. Um, so yeah, this was working. Now it's not working. Shall we stay together? Shall we break up? What do you want? What are your values? Is this what you signed up for? Wow, okay, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I wanna live in the city, you wanna live in the countryside. Wow, can we ever overcome that? I wanna have children, you don't wanna have children. <laughs> can we overcome that? Um, you wanna be a, a very religious person? I'm not really sure that works for me. Do, can we come so, so you see what I'm saying. So a bad marriage is not worth saving because it's not what you signed up for. And, um mm-hmm. we get one chance round this magic planet and um and we deserve to make the most of it and uh and and rather than the traditional view of 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 anyone getting divorced, that's horrific um if you've put the work in to come to the conclusion that it's not working, which by the way is probably more work than you put into working out if they were the right person to get married to um um and, and you've yeah. required really that it's not the one, then great. Work it out, share the money, share the kids, be respectful, and and go and have the fun that you deserve to have with someone that fits.
0: So it sounds like maybe some of the best advice would be do the work upfront. <laughs> do even more so than compatibility, vision, vision communication. Like what do we both expect out of this? Is that what is that how we can best prepare? Yeah, yeah to have a successful marriage
1: i've got something i do inside of team super dad called the superpower matrix right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there's various versions of this right but in in four boxes you've got weaknesses strengths or strengths and skills passions and commitments and then what sits in a box over the top of that is values right so that's a really good place to start where you put your strengths and skills you put your weaknesses i don't like flying on a plane i don't like uh, pasta i don't like sex in the morning i don't like going to bed late i don't like 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 you start to put a load of those things in and someone says so you not? so you're really not a morning person no i'm not okay well i am (laughs) like uh what do you want out of life what do you want to like what do you think about arguments what do you think about makeup you know what do you think about swearing what do you think about you know what's your relationship like with your mom and your brother and your sister and your dad you know what 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 are we going to do if if we run out of money what are we going to do like there's these are the kind of questions and you can you can play with them um uh, and there's actually tests online compatibility tests and stuff but uh, fundamentally it does come from values
0: making sure all of those things align so that when something comes up it's not a surprise right i feel like that's probably the biggest thing like i didn't that's what you believe. <laughs> That's how you feel about these things, and then it's it's like almost retraction.
1: Well, one of the one of looking back on my marriage, one of the telltale days was it was around like January the second, third. We were driving back from from Christmas and New Year's at her family, and I was like, I was like, right, so let's let's plan our goals for the year. Let's let's talk about what we want to make happen. And she was like, as if I want to do that, I'm going to sleep and so she sat next to me on the way on the way back it it was insignificant but actually no she was someone who didn't like doing that kind of thing so constantly I was at odds with well I want to create goals for our family I want to create now five years five and a half years after our breakup I've I've met someone first person I've dated since um and uh and she's like she's like the idea of for her of creating goals is fun she's like yeah. Brilliant.
0: That's, <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. That's great. Let's
1: do that. Like, let's muck about. Let's all right. Where do you want? We, we said the other day, um, you know, people who win the lottery and like, oh no, it ruined my life. And I was like, no way, man. I said, I'd go yeah. and open a bar on a beach somewhere. And like, she yeah. goes, so would I, you know, and, <laughs> and boom, tick that box. we are kind of on the same, the same wavelength. Um, I said, I said to her uh, early days of dating, I was like, one thing I have to get up front is no drama. I don't want any drama. Mm. I'm not going to put up with any drama, yeah. and I and I and, I'm, and I don't expect you to put up with any drama. So, if I have a hissy fit about, oh, why well, are you late? You can say to me, "Hang on a minute. You told me no drama," and I would be like, "Okay, great. Thank you. Yes, no drama." So, just be really clear about what you want because we own our language, and we create our future with our language. So. You know people that say oh i'm so unlucky well <laughs> they're really unlucky yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't talk about myself like that and um i've got a friend of mine he always he gets so frustrated because every time i find money i send him a picture of it and uh, <laughs> you keep finding money it's not like every day but it is funny that i regularly find a, a ten dollars ten pounds on the floor or something i send him a picture it's, it's been uh. doing it since we were at uni together but but yeah i, I hope that helps for people in in marriages that are struggling is uh don't put yourself through it um um, make it work or or make it over
0: yeah one way or the other and let's then let's go into dad mode then for a little bit let's talk about the dads because one of the big things that i know you're a big proponent of and we kind of already discussed this we just we just chatted about it so dads or yeah people feel stuck people feel like they're stuck in circumstances what are, what's a practical way we can go or dads can go from feeling stuck in their lives to start living the lives they actually desire, actually getting after those things that they want?
1: Yeah. And, you know, my vision for Team Superdad came up a mountain and I, uh, a friend of mine took me, he said, let's go climbing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay. All right, all right. Depressed and tough. So we're up a mountain in Australia tallest mountain in austria it's not that dangerous but it is high you know and uh we get caught in a blizzard as we're crossing a crevasse and so now we're roped together and we're kind of like (laughs) just creeping across and i should have been scared i should have been like concentrating but all i could think about was how can i fix this how can i fix this how can i fix this and i was thinking about my my marriage my life my divorce i'm like how did this happen how can i fix it and as the clouds separated and the snow stopped and we realized not only had we made it through but but we were now like in this glorious place and the view was awesome and the mountain hut like retreat place we were heading towards was was on the horizon and it just the whole metaphor was just i've been through that storm yeah. and i'm okay I'm, I'm here on the other side and i'm like and I thought then, and this really, I do feel this was a, a, a blessing, a vision given to me. The thought that occurred to me, almost in the third person, though, was what about all those courses you've done? What about all the books you've read? What about all the people you've met? What about all the experts, coaches, mentors? What about them all in your life? And add on top of that, this experience. You are, you are so well-placed yeah. to give this back to other dads. I thought about the mistakes that I'd made and I'd thought about the times that I'd stressed out and I thought about all the energy I'd put into helping my wife get better, look after my stepson, worry about my babies, try and grow the business, like work all night. You know, uh, as I said, I wrote a, a chapter in a book recently called being fine, which everyone should grab a copy of on, on Amazon called being fine. Um, uh, real life stories of 16 men who've hit rock bottom and Bounced back. Um, I put in there, I was, I was drinking Red Bull to mm. stay awake and watching porn to go to sleep. I mean, like yeah. that sounds bleak, right? <laughs> and it sounds bleak. Um, and the F5 inside of Team Superdad is basically the buckets of a man's life that need to keep filled up. And you don't have to have a a complete breakdown or a bankruptcy or or something really bad go wrong for one of those buckets to be empty. It's just life, focus, fitness, finances, family, and fun. You know, if if your business bucket is full up because you're putting all your energy into making money, Mm -hmm. but your marriage is crap, well, that's because all the energy is going into one area. If you're not having much fun uh, with your with your wife or not making quality time for your kids and you're overweight and feeling exhausted and you know and, and, and actually inside quite yeah. depressed about the fact that you're out of shape then not only can you not run around or go run around with your kids or go dancing but you're you're having such negative thoughts about yourself that, that they're not getting the best version of you so for for a dad who's thinking this wasn't what I signed up for or life should be better than this. Like that's, that's the question I, I found myself asking myself, life should be better than this. I should be having more fun than this. Why is it not like I'm working so hard? Why is it not better? It's because we're not putting the attention into ourself. Um, uh, They talk about Google, about how much time Google employees get mm-hmm. to work on their own projects. And then uh, it's something like if you, if you look it up, something like Google employees get, they work 70% of the time on yeah. their job. And then they get like 10% of their time to work on a new thing. And then 20% of the time they get to yeah. make up new stuff and form little pods and make up make up new stuff. And the same goes for your dad life. If you're not dedicating about 25% of your time to you, and I don't mean selfishly like go to the pub and get drunk, go and play golf every night. But I mean, I mean if you're not going out a couple of times a month with your buddies and having a good old drink, then – Right. You're not filling up that fun bucket. If you stop playing golf because your kids are babies and they're really young and you kind of need to be at home all time, well, maybe you're playing less golf, but yeah. check in with yourself. If you're playing no golf, then ultimately that will eat away at you. Um and so you've got to have a look at, across every area of your life and start to set some visions and outcomes for those different areas. And that's where you find satisfaction for your life. The focus and vision part, are, you know, in, in the front end, um, meditate, keep a journal. Yeah. People think this is all a bit like, what? That's a bit like, what's that? That's weird, isn't it? That's what they do in India in, in temples and stuff. No, no, not, you know, set aside for your phone, 10 minutes, download, uh insight timer or just put on a piece of classical peaceful music and just sit there for 10 minutes with your eyes closed and just just breathe let it all let you let let the processing in your brain just sort stuff out get a journal write down um how did yesterday go pretty good pretty bad what am i going to do today that's going to make a difference these three things Um, who am i i am bold i am brave i am a dad i am a winner i am a good husband i am like yeah some of them you might even not be but you want to be you start to create and live into that future um and then and then also just in, inside of those those things you know the fitness uh, stuff that we have to exercise we have to sweat mm-hmm. I, we have to sweat literally sweat out the bad stuff it, you know and, and breathe the endorphins the dopamine the 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 the, the open air the, the broader perspective that our mind gets through our eyes, the connection that we make with with uh, with nature, you have to get out and sweat. Inside of Team Super Dad, we call it the daily sweat. So, you know, I've, I've tried to sum up uh, the F5 there for dads uh, briefly. But if you're feeling like your life isn't working, have a look at those five areas. Write down focus, fitness, finance, family and fun. And just underneath put, what have I got? What yeah. do I want? And if there's too much of a gap between those two things, then you'll realize that one of those buckets is dangerously low. And in order to feel good, you've got to fill it up. And if that's difficult for your wife or your business to, 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 to accept, you need to realize in order to give you the best me, I've got to keep a piece of me for myself. Um, and, you know, and we've got time to get into codependency and all that sort of stuff. But if you give all of you to everybody else, there's nothing left for t- when you're in those quiet moments on your own, looking in the mirror or standing in the shower, like, what the hell is this that I'm washing?
0: I <laughs> yeah. yeah. got a bunch of jelly rolls here. What is yeah, this?
1: Yeah. Um, and as it was for me, when my little brother took his life, um, I was so, I was running on empty in all those buckets, literally all of them. I was running on empty all the way. And when, and when, when he died, when, when he took his life, that was it, I just hit the wall.
0: That was the bottom, bottom you knew you had to make some sort of change as in like i haven't been filling my buckets appropriately i haven't been that family portion of the f i haven't been in relationship with my family as much
1: no i did uh when my brother took his life i i didn't i it was another 9 months before we separated and it was another 8 or 9 months before i really started to put all the pieces back together and, um, it was then by looking back, I was able to gain some perspective on it. Um, uh, and the rebuild took a lot, the rebuild took a lot, leaving, leaving my wife the day that that happened, um, uh, the, the rebuild took, and I was speaking about this online today, it took, uh, and I've created a rebuild course actually, which I do with, with dad. It mm-hmm. took yes, some antidepressants because I was medically unwell, the stress and strain of it all had made me medically depressed. Um, then fitness, sweating it out, rebuilding my energy, rebuilding the the, the strength in me, the, the the glow in my eyes, the concentration, you know, you need to exit, you need to be fit to be able to concentrate properly. Um, and then I joined a singing club, literally a Singing club, and there I was. Turned out, I could actually sing quite well. Singing's good for your health. It's good for your for your well being. And uh, and there was a whole mishmash of different age groups in there, and and it was just a you know a random church hall, mm-hmm. and we were there once a week singing. It wasn't yeah. wasn't Christian songs. It was pop songs. Um, I, uh, I I cut out all negative content, media, music, movies. Just watched motivational stuff, read autobiographies, listened to Les Brown, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, and uh, there's a few women out there as well, Lisa Nichols, um, um, and just really started to just gain a just just I mean, I've been into personal development for personal development for twenty years now, but just really poured it on big time and watched old sitcoms, yeah, friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, laugh, start comedy. Old stand-up comedies, old funny movies. Like if you're feeling depressed and broken, you've got to just start mm. to laugh. Um, and I lent on my friends. I was like, I realise I might not be much fun right now, but can we do something? That's how my friend took nice. the timing. Um, um, so, so yeah, that that's uh, that's that's the rebuild that it that it takes. Um, And that goes back to your question you asked at the beginning of my long ramble. What do dads need to do uh, when they're feeling like they're stuck, when they're feeling like they're not enjoying their Mm -hmm. life? Is uh, first of all, have a vision of what their life really, really looks like. What do they really, really want? And then go to work on all those different areas. Um, Map it out. Create a picture. Um, I've got a vision board in front of me with with pictures on. I've got another next to it with um it says health and fitness social life finances girlfriend kids home holiday it's just a bubble a spider graph yeah. with 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 the things off of it if you don't create the world if you don't create the world you want to live into mm. it ain't coming
0: yeah if you can't if you can't write it out and actually picture it for yourself how are you going to get there it's it's unclear you know you got to have have those things mapped out i want to ask you this especially with the to make sure Make sure we get in here. I'm curious your thoughts on what do you think modern feminism is doing to men, and how can we address that?
1: It's a great subject and so uh, tricky to talk about. A bit like Black Lives Matters, you know. It's really easy for a white person to say like, "Yeah, well, I'm not racist. What are you talking about?" Like. <laughs> And failing to realize that our whole experience of life has been from a, from the perspective of a white person. And the, and the best way you can relate to that is that when, a particularly in the States, as I understand it, from my family and people I know over there, when black people see a police car or hear a police car go past them, their reaction is completely different to yeah. that of your average white person. and a very similar thing is the case for for men and women and this was really brought to light in the uk recently uh, a, a young woman was ab- abducted and killed um, abused and killed she was walking home just 8:30 p.m. on a saturday night very you know normal and so the backlash was mm-hmm. you don't know what it's like to be a woman you know we have to constantly be conscious of men saying things to us wolf whistling us having a laugh and joke about our breasts being too big too small too <laughs> you can't you know my butt too big too small you can't am i too tall too thin to you can't um, um let alone the next level up which is someone touching you inappropriately or 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 taking it further into in, into rape or or abuse so the idea of feminism being something wrong is wrong you know like women should be equal There's just like another creature on this planet why why shouldn't they have e- equal rights and why shouldn't they expect equal treatment from uh, from other humans so got all that the problem for modern men is that we've mm. we are now unsure how to be a man we're on we're like a bit confused about what to say and um our, our normal thing about being attracted to someone is still a little bit caveman yeah. like hi I like uh, you. uh, <laughs> you're hot uh can I, can I, can I, don't, which, which really means can I buy you a drink and get you into bed? So it's like, there is a level that men need to learn, but equally we, we can't take away that, that primal thought that, wow, she is gorgeous. And by the way, for some men, that's a a, a large yeah. woman. For some men, that's a small woman. For some, you know, it's not like gorgeous to you is probably, it's possibly a different thing, but, um, we still need to know how to express that and we still need to know that um, in a relationship we can lead strong from the front. Right. Yeah. We're a family, we're doing this. We're a family, um, we need to to, to to get a bigger house. We need to I need to change my job and we need to move. Now, that doesn't mean you just uproot your family and take them without giving a second thought to your to your wife, but somewhere in amongst all this, it's a really awkward place yeah for men to be men like men um and one of the ways to one of the ways to solve it is to put yourself around more men um you know back in the day we we mustn't forget inside of this whole conversation in the middle of the 20th century literally mm. millions of men got killed and so the whole balance and the experience of male female dynamics and children growing up without men um, shifted back at that point. So a uh, lot's been lost and a lot has got confused. So as as women, the role of women, the rights of women is, is discussed and talked about so uh, openly and so confidently, and, and, uh, and as a guy with a daughter, I want it to be that way. So we need to be, as men, standing up and saying, that's great, but by the way, mm-hmm. we, we still want to be men we still want to have fun. Lead we still want to go and yeah. drink and watch and, and, and back and be, be loud. And, 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 um, um, and that's, you know, and the responsibility of men in that regard is to not touch up the waitress at the, at, at, you know, at the hotel mm-hmm. they go to when on, on the boys weekend, you know, but equally, you, you know, the responsibility of women is to be like, I love it when, men are strong and confident and, and determined. Um, Because if we're not careful, and this happens a lot in marriage is that when the man stops being confident and bold and determined and clear and driven, the woman becomes unattracted Mm -hmm. to them. And, and we think that our wife wants us to look after them and help around the house and and support them and like (laughs) constantly trying to help them out just so that they'll be nice to us or just so that we might get some sex at the weekend. But actually, and by the way, helping around the house and ironing your own shirts and, and doing, going to the store <laughs> yeah. is, is important. But what you can't do is become a little, you can't just suddenly become a little pussycat who tiptoes around trying to pander to, to, to your woman. You gotta be a strong guy. And, and you've gotta let her know that you're doing that because you want her to still have love and respect and attraction towards you. And, um, you know, uh, uh, um, modern feminism needs to, um, needs, I think modern feminism needs to stand up for Mm. what they want in their man as well. Um, because, uh, um, there's too many men not realizing that it needs to be said. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a really important part of like men, men want to lead and men want to lead their families and, and be strong heads of the household to, help control the chaos. I mean, I I don't have any children, but I can only imagine like a big part of it is reigning in and being a strong example to, to your children. With that being said, I'm going to try to find some segue here, which I don't really have one, but my, my next question is about your, your, your business in general. I find Team Super Dad so fascinating from a business perspective because one, you're getting to do what you love, like you getting to do what you like. You're helping other people, and you're making money doing it. You, you know, you're 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 truly creating a business. What's your business model here? You know, and and how? I mean, I'm I'm truly asking how can you know we can take things that we enjoy doing and turn it into a business. But what's your business model? How did how did you turn this into a from idea to something sustainable?
1: Yeah. So you know the world especially since covid is full of coaches and coaching programs i've done many business accelerators and business ac- accountability things for business even you you know your average monthly networking event is a group of people coming together supporting each other mm-hmm. and helping them succeed um so why if we're so comfortable doing that in our business life are we not comfortable doing that in our family life or in our ability to be a strong man, a strong dad. Um, so as I looked around, I and, and to be fair, actually, I didn't look around. Um, it was only after I started doing it that I started looking around and seeing other things. You know, Garrett White in the States is kind of one of the people that really drove this movement forward with, with, with his programs. Um, uh, interestingly, I saw my desk here. Uh-huh. Here's that mountain story I told you about. When we got to the hut, when we got to the hut, I said to her, have you got a piece of paper? And I wrote down the, uh, the, the early ideas for Team Superdad on this piece of paper. Um, and it says the engine formula, money, health, relationship, faith, fun, and personal power, uh, which has become the F5 and uh, uh, focus, fitness, finance, family, and fun. And so Team Superdad, there's uh, a great book Uh, called Key Person of Influence uh, by Daniel Priestley. Um, And inside of that, they talk about an ascending transaction model. And you need to have different products, uh, price points, and levels of service to Mm -hmm. guide people through your product ecosystem. And in the middle of that is a core product. And at the top end of it is a product for customers. And so one of my original visions actually was for something called The Lodge. A retreat for men to go and reconnect with what they want from life and to inspire and motivate first of all themselves but then of all to be but then to be joined by their partner and if they've got children their children to then inspire them about about that as well and uh you might remember some of those they were they were american programs but they would take kids that have gone off the rails oh, mm-hmm. and send them to yep. a, a dude ranch <laughs> and kind of make poo and and, you know look after the horses and get up early in the morning and And i was like wow so we could go and whitewater raft and fire walk and 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 have an amazing motivational kind of coaching vision planning session really reconnect with what you want and then your family come and join them and do the same kind of adventure stuff and you know you go home totally buzzed about your life it's like wow okay i want to do that so that's called the lodge but then I had the experience of the of the of the divorce and everything and, and that idea of how can I fix this? Mm-hmm. How can I fix this? What about the courses, the mentors, the coaches, the books? I was like, well, what if we put a program together where you've got to realise different tactics and strategies to fill those different buckets, to manage your money, to have clarity and focus and drive, to maintain a good level of fitness, yeah. you know. If you want to run a triathlon, great. But if you want to be able to pick up your kids out of the car and put them into bed and chase them around the park, that's fitness as well, right? Managing your money. I know you've just done a money uh, season in in the podcast, but managing your money and then making more money. And if those are the bits of your inner game, then if you're managing those well, then you're going to be a better dad, a better partner, and you're going to have more fun in life. So I was like, right, okay, I need to put a program together. So we have the... The 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 F five is a 10-week program. And then everyone that completes the F five goes into the Hero Academy. Like the graduation from the F five is the Hero Academy. And um, and people stay in there. We've got people and so there's there's a cost, there's a there's a, a two two thousand um, mm-hmm. pounds to do the F five. But then the Hero Academy is is part of that. You're 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 an honorary member for the first for the first year. Some people get lifetime membership uh, depending on which which promotions we're running at the same time. Um, and then before that is mm. smaller products. You know, I do a rebuild mm-hmm. emergency thing with dads that are breaking up. I do one-on-one dad coaching with with dads that want help around why do my kids think I'm a douchebag? You know, or why does you know. I, I can't work out how to talk to my wife, I, you know, what, what do we do there? So it really is, uh, and, and there's affiliate stuff as well. So if people are in the fitness, you know, inside of the F5, mm. we don't train people to do triathlons, but the, the PT, Pete, the PT, who's the personal trainer, who is who's, who's part of uh, the, the team Superdad, he does do triathlon training. So. Upsell and go and work with him, or they go and work with Matt and their relationship coaching. And so there's affiliate stuff in there. So it's it's stuff I've learned through my digital marketing career and through my time spent online. Um, it's 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 using the power of you know uh, a mastermind business mm-hmm. model or a group coaching program business model. Um, it's using the business model of retreats. It's using the business mm-hmm. model of affiliate uh, payments. Um, and it's using the, if the business model of small on-demand training, uh, or small, you know, products, basically their products it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they're, they're training products. Um, I saw a, a, a video once that Grant Cardone did and, uh, he said, yeah. do you want to know how to make, and I forget what the number was, but he was like, do you want to know how to make $365,000 this year? And, uh, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And then he held, he holds up his wallet. He goes, sell, yeah, whatever it was, sell a thousand of these. He goes, because these are 40 bucks, and if you sell whatever the the, the message was, whatever the price was, he goes, if you can sell one of these an hour for the whole year, you'll have $365,000 at the end of the year. And he goes, you're just not thinking right. He goes, I've got loads of little products that people can buy. I've got loads of big products that people can buy. He goes, and when you add it all up? that's how you make a million bucks. Uh, So it's, it's uh, the final thing I'll say about that is it's knowledge. I've been hungry for knowledge. I've been soaking it up, reading books, listening to podcasts, being part of online communities. Um, I -hmm. don't know how to trade cryptocurrency. Um, but I'm dabbling in it and I've joined a a community and and I'm getting some input on it. Um, you know, so If there's things you don't know, go out and learn them.
0: Learn them. And then also the thing I think I really enjoy about yours is like, you're taking information you already know. Like these, this is your expertise that you're sharing with other people, which I I feel like is underutilized by, at least in my, in my inner circle. Like I have friends that are like really, really knowledgeable on specific areas. And I'm like, people would kill to talk to you. People would kill to have your expertise. And, and you found a way to, monetize it well and I'm not even going to lie I'm probably going to go do some research on how you did your business model so I can hopefully replicate it with some success because I think it's I think <laughs> I think it's great
1: yeah, listen, I mean I'm a I'm an advocate of uh the, the company Daniel Priestley founded and run is called Dent and their business accelerator um key person of influence now runs in something like eight locations Mm -hmm. around the world then covid hits so now they have a whole online version Uh, it's 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 good stuff it's good stuff
0: absolutely johnny we are moving to the final question of the podcast we made it we did it (laughs) doing big things and the final question is what advice about fatherhood would you give to yourself before you had your first child what are things you wish you would have known
1: oh man you even gave me this question up front but it's it's such a magical question, right? I was very blessed to have multiple father figures in my life, just like I had multiple mother figures. The best bits of my dad's mad sort of maverick way of being, I feed that into my children. I encourage them to be as confident as possible. I encourage them to have as positive an outlook as possible and, um, when we go into shops, I get them to speak to people and order stuff. I get them to ask questions. Um, I have an expression with my children that is, um, um, good things happen Mm. to good people. And the number of times we get given free stuff in shops and my daughter looks at me, she's like, (laughs) good things happen to good people, daddy. I was like, I told you it's how, it's how they're being in that moment. Okay. And then the bad bits, you know, some of the stuff that you take from your from your fathers, you know, where you were left upset, where you were left confused, where you were left feeling alone. I try as much as possible to keep that out of out of my 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 life with my children, Um, which brings me to my first piece of advice is you are going to get angry at your kids and not babies, of course, but, you know, you will get frustrated and upset with your children. The important thing is to patch it so it doesn't get out of hand, but then explain it and apologize to your kids, you know, because probably what they did was wrong or needed you know, yeah. shouting at. But you want to say, look, that, that was a bit tough. I like, I know I did get a bit tough with you. You do know that like, you're a kid, you're going to do things wrong. And then I'm going to get frustrated and annoyed so that I can show and teach you to, Not do that again. And by the way, when you do that, this happens, which makes your life a bit tougher. But if you'd done it this way, Mm -hmm. your life might have ended up a bit easier. So don't get angry and frustrated Mm. that your sister broke the thing. You know, like, tell her, you've really upset me there. I wish you hadn't touched it. Um, Would you like, you know, can you help me build it back together? Um, And then the, the other bit of advice I would give on fatherhood is just enjoy it is my my boy wet the bed nearly every night for right. about 5 years and it would be really easy to go mental about that find a doctor find a pull up pants find a psychologist find a book find a course find a like and i just set an alarm On my watch so I took him to the bathroom at a set time every night and that did help he would still wet the bed though and I would then I bought extra sheets and stuff and I bought a protective thing so I could Mm -hmm. I could fix the problem as quick as possible and then I would have to give him a cuddle and get him settled again but then one day it just stopped Hmm. all the frustration all the annoyance whatever might have gone through it just stopped and so though that that never happened again but equally, neither mm-hmm. did the late night cuddles, the reassurance, the fact that he knows that I was yeah. always there for him every single time. There's so many good, juicy bits in the struggles that you just have to enjoy them and, and know that who you're being to your son is who he will be to his son. And when you ponder on that, it'll give you goosebumps.
0: Yeah, man. I... I... I don't have a child, but man, did you just make me look forward to it <laughs> cherishing those little moments, yeah, Johnny, you've been great this is I feel like I learned a ton during our episode today. Where can people connect with you? How can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I would love that um. Every mum knows a dad, okay. So uh, so we do <laughs> I do actually own the Team Super Mum uh uh URL as well. So I look forward to meeting a a a, a mum or, or a women's group I can team up with. But right now it is pretty much for dads. So we're at teamsuperdad.com. And if people go to teamsuperdad.com forward slash network, mm-hmm. then they will join our uh, our list. They will get an invite to our group, basically all the free stuff. So when you come into teamsuperdad.com forward slash network, you get all the, all the free stuff and, um, and it's, and there's plenty there, you know, um, and uh, it's easy. We, my biggest outlook of all this is, is to have more fun. My dad says to me, uh, son, my biggest worry is you're just not having as much fun as you should be having. And mm-hmm. and that's it. Whether you've got lots of money, not got lots of money, whatever's going on for you, find reasons to have fun. So underneath and over the top of everything we do at Team Superdad, it's it's in a, to en- enable us to, to to live the life that we want, have a great time doing it. Um, so yeah, uh, Team Superdad on YouTube, Team Superdad on on Facebook. Literally, uh, you know, type in Team Superdad and 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 we and we come up. Uh, we have our own podcast as well, uh, Team Superdad get podcast. But all these things are linked to when you go to Team forward slash network. I'll send you all these links and you'll be able mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to pick and choose between it. So we'd love to have your listeners over with us. And, uh, and by the way, if you're a man listen to this and you think, I haven't got a kid, but I'd love to be part of that, you are absolutely 100% welcome.
0: Man, that's awesome. And everything you just mentioned is going to be in the show notes. And I can also say I have listened to your podcast and it's great. So if anybody's even thinking about listening to the <laughs> podcast, go listen to Team Super Dad podcast cuz it's very good.
1: We do uh, we do the Friday wrap up. So it's the end of the week, it's myself and Glenn who is a dating dad on Twitter and we it's it's designed to be two dads at the end of the week chatting in the Checking in the, chatting in the bar and we have a laugh and some some weeks i we start off and i think what on earth are we going to talk about and and then and then at the end of the i'm like glenn we gotta go we're like we've been an hour we gotta go (laughs) so um so yes we do a serious one and we do the wrap-up so there's two a week
0: that's awesome gotta have balance of both And that i mean i'll put them both in the show notes below if anybody's trying to connect johnny thank you so much for being on the show this has been a blast i've been super pumped about it so thank you once again.
1: It's a pleasure, a real pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, kudos to you and the work you're doing, making a big difference in the world. Uh, it takes commitment to keep putting out a podcast, and I fully respect uh, you know doing that for yourself, but making a difference in the world as well, Nicholas. So uh, keep going, buddy. Keep going.
0: I appreciate that. And man, oh, and there's so much to say about you and helping all the dads out there. That's such a needed thing that nobody talks about that. So- Back to you. You're doing just just as much, if not more, of a service to this world. So thank you. And until next time. Thank you. That was the episode. You just listened to it. Uploads every Friday at 6 a.m. Next week, we have on Alex Sanfilippo. Alex Sanfilippo is the host of the Top Rated Entrepreneur Podcast, creating a brand, and the founder of Podmatch.com, a free service that matches podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. Prepare to get meta. We're talking about podcasts on a podcast. You can't beat that. The real reason you're still here is to find the answers to the riddle. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? So fish-ticated. Uh, uh, that one's good. That one's, a, that one's a juicy one. Leave a five-star review. Slide into my DM holes. We love you. You have purpose. God believes in you. I believe in you. Keep after it. And I will see you next Friday at 6 a.m. Bye.